What's up guys, JB here. Today is Saturday the 19th of February and we are here for another roundtable discussion. For those who have not listened to the uh, 47 billion of these we've done before, this is when we ask you guys to answer or ask questions in the forums. You post whatever question comes to mind and then we get a different panel of artists um, every single time we do this to answer your questions unfiltered on any topic. Tonight we are joined by not one but not but two people. So this is exciting. It's an actual true roundtable discussion. I think we've got a special guest, a uh, third person towards the end of this podcast. So stay tuned all the way to the end. Uh, first and foremost, I'm joined by two guys, Kalen Morelli and Blake Voigt. Um, his last name is often confused at Vagata. Uh, or, 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 I, think it's, I think it's pronounced Vagate or something like that. Vote as in like Voigt. vote. It's vote. like a, yeah. There's a silent V. So I think it's just. Um, it's pretty much one of those two. Can you guys hear me okay? Is everyone on the line? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like sure. comb with a P. <laughs> nice. Oh, comba. Got it. Oh, okay. It was a silent, silent M. Anyways, yeah. so we're here. We're excited to answer a lot of your questions tonight. We've got around seven pages as of the time I write, I'm ta- I write this. I'm talking this um, as I speak. And uh, we're going to get to as many as we possibly can. We're not going to get to them all, so we're going to try to reach as many questions as we can and give you guys pretty complete answers um, across the board. So I want to get rolling because we are pressed for time. So the first question is the first post, and it's by Gio. Um, He's in Poland, um, and his post number is two, and he's saying, how did you guys meet? So where did this relationship come from? Um, I initiated first contact, I believe, Um, the first (laughs) – the f- Make it the sound first- like it was on eHarmony. Yes. <laughs> it was on J Date. Um, yeah, um, pretty close actually. Um, we yes. the the transit trailer came out, and I had been working on a rubber band trick that I was wondering if w- was any relation or close at all. And so I Facebook messaged Kalen, and then we uh, set up a Skype date, and it was love at first Skype, I believe. <laughs> Something when, like that. What was the timeline here? When was that? That was probably uh, what is it? Early uh, uh, November. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So recently, semi recently. Yeah, um, yeah. Like a few months ago, and and we were in Vegas uh, with both of you guys around two weeks ago. So that was the first time you'd actually met in person, right? Yeah, and Kalen yeah. was a lot taller than he looked on Skype. Kalen is eight yeah. feet tall, literally. Yeah. It's <laughs> He's unreal. not. He is. He's like six three and nine eights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So that was the first time we were in Vegas a few weeks ago. We shot a lot of things with uh, both of you guys, uh, none of which we've announced details on yet, but we will very soon. Um, to backtrack even more, um, we've talked to you, Kalen, before about your inspirations and magic on a previous podcast they can listen to. Yeah. Uh, but Blake specifically, there's a post here by Paul the Illusionist, uh, post number four. He's saying, what were your biggest inspirations in magic? Um, how have you have you applied your own style to creating your tricks and uh, etc. So he's basically asking, what was your background in magic? What's your story in magic? How did you get started? And how did you get to where you are right now? Um, I started when I was little, when I was eight years old. There was a uh, magician in my last hometown. Year, last year, right? Exactly, last year when I was eight, <laughs> and uh, and his name is Mark Lehman, and he did all of the the restaurants locally, and I just went to pizza every Wednesday. Um, to a different town just to follow him around because I love watching it so much and um, that was where I kind of started and fell in love with it Um, and then uh, just recently 
um, like a couple years ago, I found the joy in like performing my own creations, and so that's where the whole creativity thing started with me. And I took inspiration from all of the really great close-up guys right now. So that's where that all started. And then the magic happened. Oh yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned about you starting to create after, well after you started performing. The post here by Cardmaster Two Eleven. Uh, this one's re- directed specifically to you, Kaylin. He's saying, what's the main thing that inspired you to create? How do you make sure the effects that you do create have impact on the spectators to get reactions? So he's saying basically, A, how do you, what inspired you to create? And then B, what, how do you determine what's a good effect? What is a powerful creation versus something that you know, never leaves the back of your mind? All right. Well, uh, the, to answer the first part of his question, um, the, the thing that inspired me to create is – I got to a point like in magic where I had been just learning a lot of stuff and I was starting to just get a little bit bored with just some of the the tricks that I was like performing and stuff. So I I just, I just wanted to kind of push the limits a little bit on just some of the stuff. Like, like for instance, one thing that I like to create is just like, I mean the stuff that I create is the stuff that I like to perform. So it's kind of like just tailoring the magic to you and to me. So um, that's, that's why I create, uh, the other part, um, what did, uh, was it about, uh, why it has good reactions? Yeah, or how, do, how, do, how do you determine whether an effect is a good effect and what never um, leaves your mind? So what is the, what's your criteria for what is a great magic effect for spectators? Um, I, I really like the simple effects, just simple effects with lots of subtleties added to it, but I mean, the only way that I do it is, uh, like, for my blog, when, um, when I'm creating effects, uh, I'm lucky to have a lot of roommates and lots of people over my house constantly, so I can constantly, constantly be trying stuff out on people. So, I mean, some t- sometimes when I'm working on something for a blog post, you know, I'll perform it three or four times, just different versions of it in a day for people. And just to, to, cause I mean, doing it for a real spectator, for a real person is where you figure out if it's good or not. Cause everything's fine in your mind until you try it on someone and they, they don't care about it. They don't, they don't, you know, so that's how I figure out, you know, what, what works good. So just by trying it on people. And just I think, I think I've heard, I've heard you say over and over again when we've been Skyping too, it's like, if it doesn't fool you, then it's not worth doing, you know, like if you, if you film it yourself and then watch it and if you can figure it out, then it's not worth doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it needs to give you that moment of eye candy where you're like, "Damn, yeah, that like, looks awesome." Like, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, like, like with my blog, you know, I don't get that every day, and but you know, that's that's what I strive for, just to get to that point where, where you almost like, even though you know what you're doing, you you almost you're almost fooling yourself. You know, if you watch it over, then that's a great point, Blake. So visual goodness, I believe you call yeah. it. That's true. Visual goodness. <laughs> um, this is a question directed specifically at Blake. Uh, Blake, we kind of plucked you and Kalen, who was there at the same time, out of Magi Fest, uh, put you on a plane, uh, threw you across the country, <laughs> literally in an, in an airplane. Um, and so the question is from Janay or Janai, who's in, in India. And he's saying, considering you've been in Vegas with a whole bunch of creative dudes and dudettes, uh, do you find that being around creative people makes you more innovative? Oh, definitely. It was uh, it was crazy. It's, it's I always feel like I'm more creative whenever I'm actually on Skype with Kaylin or somebody else, like jamming or in the room with other people. But uh, that was the difference, I guess, in being in a room full of 
like all you guys uh, at the same time it was pretty nuts and like we couldn't even get through a whole meal without trying to create an effect i think and i know it, like so. yeah that was funny because yeah we were at a restaurant with chris kenner and yeah we're, we were just like <laughs> we're going like oh let's use it let's do something with the cherries and then like oh let's, let's do something with anything that's <laughs> on the table like yeah it was ridiculous yeah, it's it's and it's not like a formal process. Just to be clear to people that are listening to this. It's it's you guys sitting at Chris's uh, kitchen counter at four o'clock in the morning. It's exactly. It's no. It's I mean, what it is for like me, and I think it's the same for Blake. Is like we've just made it a lifestyle, like of of creating and thinking about magic to the point of where you know we're always thinking. You can't you, know? you can't turn it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once once you're to the point where you don't shut it off and you're always thinking, then it makes a lot. It makes magic a lot easier. It's like you can't you can't just say, "Oh, I'm gonna sit down for an hour and think about trying to create magic." You know, it's I guess. Like you have to- yeah, to get back to like Janae's question or uh, like where he said, "Was it different being surrounded by people?" It was a lot less embarrassing, I guess, because like because I can't turn it off. It happens when I'm around normal people, um, but then like it's really embarrassing when you start playing with sugar packets or cherries at a table. Oh, I know. But That's being just- surrounded by all you guys in Vegas, it was awesome because it was like. You know, you'd pick up something and start playing with it, and then everybody would start doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like, it's like just who's gonna who's gonna work out and effect with it. Right. Um, there's a question here that I think it's pretty interesting from Verezo. Uh, it's post number thirteen. Uh, I know this guy. His name is his real name is Eric Somatis. He's the guy that created something really awesome that I showed you guys in Vegas, if you remember. Um, think yeah, yeah. Know. Okay, yeah. So it's pretty. I got great. you. Uh, something with. Yeah. Color. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> color, okay. Colors and changing. Colors. Anyway, it's uh, nice. his question's interesting. He says it, it is often said that creativity cannot be forced. So my question is to Kaylin: uh, Are you in any way forcing creativity for your 365 project, um, or do effects and ideas just come to you at any given time? Uh, whichever way it is, it's very impressive. So he's saying, how does that process work? Have you ever felt like writer's block in this process of the 365 project? Yeah, I I'll be honest, man. I I've been working on it all day today and I still haven't created an effect for today for my blog. Like it's like like today I have writer's block. So I'm like just in the past, you know, since like 5, I've just been looking at like trying to go for more random things just to try and get ideas. But um the the other thing I was going to say is it, it can't be forced. I feel like the the things that I have not forced, uh I've created are better effects, but I mean, sometimes when I try and force an idea, sometimes I'll get like halfway, but I always finish ideas when I'm not trying to. So I like, I always get to the point where I feel like this effect is done when I'm not trying to force it. So it's just, you know, um, it's like kind of, you're, you're forcing it to get done in a certain time kind of, but you're not, you're not, I'm not trying to force it in just to like sit down and be like, okay, I have to figure it out at this moment, you know? It's just kind of keeping my mind open for uh, all the time for just you know until ideas come in. Correct. You're not you're not like putting a salt shaker on the table and saying I need to create a salt shaker <laughs> trick. It's <laughs> no I, I no need, no. It's it's a little bit more open ended than that. I need to create some yeah. sort of practical effect today. Is basically yeah yeah. That's that's what I wait. That's that's what my goal is. Kind of is it's just like to create something that that I could perform for someone you know in this day. Like by the end of the day, it's create something that's practical, practical enough and interesting enough for them to care about it, you know. By the end of the day, so it's like, so visual goodness. 
Okay, so this is the special time in the podcast where I get to add in a special someone that we haven't announced yet. So if you listen this far in the podcast, uh, here's your reward. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is. Kaylin and Blake know who it is, and let's see if we can add them in right now. Hello, mystery guest. Why, hello. Who's our mystery <laughs> guest? It's, it's Chris Kenner. Okay. Uh, happy Monday. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, to get you up to speed, we've got Blake and Kalen on the line right now. We're recording live right now. We've gone through a few questions so far, but we've got some more, uh, some more to go. We're just taking questions that people have posted throughout the whole night. Awesome. What kind of questions? Um, let's, let's take another one. So, um, this, this, there's a question by the monkey, the magic monkey 777, which I believe that's, that's your nickname, Chris, from right. middle, middle school. He's, he's saying, uh, maybe Chris, you can take this one first. He's saying, I would like to know your thoughts when it comes to how to create a trick. Do you think of an effect, then try to create a method, or does it come by accident, or how does that process work for you? Well, it's different for everybody, and kind of different for every trick. You know, I mean, I sat and watched these guys in my house for a week, just constantly coming up with stuff, with everything they saw. They would look at an object and go, God, that'd be great if this happened. So, you know, I would say, from my point of view, a lot of times it's the effect first, and then it's the, the method kind of is something you work out later. But having the, having the idea is usually the first thing. Something's come by accident. You'll just be playing with something and go, oh, wow, it'd be great if this happened. But I, most of the time, I think it's the effect first. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it, rarely do I get, like, an idea... Where um, you know you just you just see the method in your head first, and then because then it gets you know creating a method and then creating like something to do with that you know that that happens to me sometimes, but yeah, I would say that you get the idea first for the majority. I think method first is is uh, accidental in the majority of the time. Yeah, uh, a happy occurrence, but like it's definitely like you want to imagine if you had like real magical powers, what would it look like? And then once you have like this perfect image in your mind of what you want it to look like, then you're like, all right, where can I add glue and tape and scissors and rubber bands? <laughs> yeah, or d even before you add glue and tape and scissors, you know, you can just think about like what the ultimate way to do that. Like if, if you're going to take something simple like a coin and bottle, what is the ultimate, most impossible situation that you can do this in? Like is it you not even touching the coin in the bottle and them putting it in? And then you have to just backtrack to where you can get a method, where, where you can create a method to, you know? So. Well, if you think of a method first, usually you're, you're sort of stifling yourself to that yeah, method. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of holding yourself back in a sense. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Uh, there's a question here. I think it's a good follow-up for everyone on the panel here. Uh, Simply Magic 14. He's in Indiana, so he's not too far away from you, Blake. What? Uh, what? And uh, he's saying, do you like to perform more or create more? Obviously, uh, I think everyone here on the panel is a performer and a creator. Chris, you were a performer for years before your job was more behind the scenes. So what, what do you guys uh, – get more pleasure out of what do you get more passion out of being more behind the scenes creating or being in front of the curtain performing um i like blake. performing more <laughs> that's blake yep the blake blake likes performing more i love creating but i create with the intent to perform so well yeah. real, perform real performers are going to be creative no matter what yeah i mean 
the one thing that I and I said this on on the last podcast. I said that I would that I would probably like in the in my blog right now. I'm creating like about seventy five percent of my time and like performing about twenty five. But after creating for such a long period of time every day on like a schedule, I really cannot think of like not performing because it's just like you know creating. You only get like so much fulfillment, you know, because it, it's you get an enjoyment, you know, from performing for people and it's just like it's an adrenaline rush it's kind of a high so i definitely I, i'm about half and half on it so well for me for performance 100 percent is more important yeah. um a great question here from reverhart uh one of our moderators he's saying uh is this specifically directed to blake and kaylin how do you guys view the older generation of magicians who have come before you do you believe there are things that you can take from them and utilize in your own creative way, uh, or do you think that a lot of the older generation of magic he's saying is so far removed from the material you've come up with? So, you know, what's what's been your experience? I know you guys go to magic conventions. Uh, you both of you've had some sort of mentors in your in your magic lives thus far. What what would be your response to that question? I think it's like hugely important because it's like a completely different um, like angle that sometimes an older magician sees than a younger one. Like, it's awesome to jam out ideas with Kaylin, and we'll think one way for, like, a couple weeks, and then I'll meet up with my mentor back home, Mark Lehman, and he'll look at something in two seconds and make, like, a huge alteration just from, by looking at it that no one else would, would ever see. So I think it's really important to have, like, all ages, uh, like, friends of all ages that are in magic to help you, for sure. Yeah, I agree 100% with what Blake said. I mean, it's extremely important. And just like like you said, the the way that, that they, that like, for instance, like when we were at Chris's house, you know, just um, we would, like me and Blake might be working on something and, and Chris would, you know, give us an idea. And we were just like, damn, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> Whatever, that man. never happened. You guys are lying. No, we're not. <laughs> It's also experience. It's not just, you know. I know, yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, but you know something? I think that, um, I think what's funny is, is I think that in honesty, most of the young kids learn from the older guys, and the older guys don't want to take the time to learn. I, I, I just wish sooner or later it's going gonna, it's gonna be to be a different cycle, but the, the older guys have a lot to learn from these, these you know, the Blakes and the Kalins of the world. I mean, hell, I love having them around. To me, it's amazing. Just, just the energy and the creativity was, was awesome. It was a blast. <laughs> uh, Chris, how would you respond to that same question in the reverse? So how do you view the, the uh, young generation of magicians uh, that's coming up now? How would you, you know, what do you think, what amazes you about the younger generation? What excites you? And then, you know, if you had to criticize the, the, a lot of the youth that you've seen, is there any specific uh, constructive criticism or advice or counsel you'd provide? Uh, well, what I'm, am- I'm amazed at the fact that they have the power to share with each other rapidly and quickly and learn quickly uh which would didn't happen when i was younger so that's you'd have a to like great... send a postcard to each other right yeah they gave 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 stampings um <laughs> so you know that that's that's great and i i think that uh, everyone that's younger is is way accelerated in their learning process as as anybody from my generation definitely um so what exactly is this question again 
<laughs> I don't answer them. What, what specific advice, or is there any specific advice or counsel you would you would provide to someone that's young in, in magic, like Blake or like Kalen or like someone oh, well, else? I think doing the right thing. I mean, they're 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 dealing with first off, they're dealing with another medium like YouTube and being able to contact each other all the time that we never had. So I th- say keep doing what you're doing. You know, don't let anybody tell you it's wrong and that you can't put things on YouTube and ask for for criticism, you know, even if you, let's say you don't know where it came from, you know something, eventually you're going to learn. So keep doing what you're doing. That's, we're not going to be able to change those, this generation, the YouTube and the, the quick learning in this process. So I think it's great. Just keep doing what you're doing and it's going to get better. I think you brought up a good point when we were on the phone a few days ago about uh, the power of something like YouTube where it, another performer might practice for uh, months to perform for 30 people, but on, if you post a video on YouTube, hundreds of people, thousands of people might be seeing that over the course of days or hours or weeks, whatever it is. So it is performance. This is you know an artist performing for an audience. It's just a different medium. Uh, just like well, it's tel- a different, it's yeah. a totally different kind of performing. It's before you're performing for the camera, even though it's the people that are watching still have to enjoy it. I mean. If you look at Justin Bieber, for Christ's sake, I mean, he became famous from YouTube. Who's, who's that? Is that? That's the rapper, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I mean, YouTube is what made it. If it wasn't for YouTube, he would have never been found. And Justin Bieber, I think he does a great job hosting The Insider every week. I mean, he's... he's, he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does, by the way. <laughs> his career has been great. <laughs> what? Sorry, my, my computer, was that directed at me? My... Huh? No, no, no. Um, oh, so, sorry. My computer just did something really weird. Okay, well, let's keep going. Chris, I know you've got to roll in a second, so just let me know whenever you got to tap out here. Um, got about five. Okay, so um, talking about... We're the in the middle of the show. The yeah, way. he's backstage right <laughs> That's now. That's awesome. So we're fighting the time clock, time clock of the David Copperfield show, so let's keep going. Uh, there's a question by Hans in Hong Kong. Um, we answered this earlier in the podcast, but I didn't get Chris's answer to hear. Uh, how do how do ideas come to you um, normally? Do, do the ideas just come to your mind? Do do you is there some process you go through to create a new effect or get an idea for something? Whether that's a large illusion for David or a close up thing you're playing with in your kitchen, how does that process work for you, Chris? Well, you know, sometimes I'm always thinking. So sometimes it'll be I'll just see something and go, boy, that'd be cool. And it's very similar to the way that uh, Kalen and Blake were. When they're at the house, they just see something. And go, oh, you know that'd be awesome if you could do that. But a lot of times, I'll have an object or a a theme that I'll want to want to use something that means something to me, something that I'll want to use, something that's personal, and I go from there and I try to hunt something down that fits that theme. It's really not necessarily I want to do a certain kind of a trick. It's a theme. Like I want to do something revolving around. Uh, I, I me personally, I want to do a haunted type thing, uh, a spooky a spooky trick. It's emotional, but it's, I can't quite find the right thing yet. And I keep looking and I keep thinking about it. And anytime I see anything, I just get inspired. So it's, 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 it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's all relative. It depends on, depends on the situation here. I thought it was, I took away, uh, from Chris when we were there that, uh, a big way that he creates is you take like a classic effect that's done with an object and think about how it could be done with another object. I thought that was a really cool way of thinking about creating Formula-based. Use a formula-based scenario. Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. So, what would be an exa- example of that? Uh, example is uh, ring flight is borrowed object to impossible location, but card to wallet is your object signed to impossible location. So it's two different, completely effects. So if you just add almost anything to the mix, 
any object to any impossible location. So, or any of your own object that's signed to an impossible location. So, you know, it's just take that formula and run with it. And then you can also dissect the formula once you get into that, that scenario. I, I love the card sword trick, so yeah, the effect. But I don't. I would never do a trick with a deck of cards and a sword. So although you, although you do carry around a sword, but that's for right. protection. Yeah, although I do carry sign, around a sword yeah. signed by Randy Jackson from. <laughs> uh, on yeah, where's Eric Jones when you need him? <laughs> oh my god. Um, Clyde. Yes. Um, okay. So there's, there's a question here from K Magic Twenty Five. Um, this is. This directed specifically at Blake, but uh, Chris, uh, you'll be able to add a lot to this because of your history with the Torn and Restored card plot in general, back, way back from Torn Asunder to, to now. Um, Blake, he's saying, with so many Torn and Restored cards effect out there, what made you want to create another one? Um, and what do you think that yours brings to the table that others don't? Without getting too specific, we don't want to spill all the beans on what this is yet. How do you, What would your initial response be to that question? Um, being very vague, I guess, uh, I love the TNR plot and I just wanted to do it my own way. And I wanted to take a look at, um, all of the great versions out there and see what, what could, like, where was there room to improve upon and where, what could I add to it that, um, would make it unique to me, I guess. So, well, oh. you know, here, I'll say something about his TNR. I have seen every TNR possible. I've played with them all. And I loved Blake's when I saw it. And I think I'd, I've done it at least 500 times. <laughs> We've seen pictures and, yeah, of the aftermath of torn cards in your kitchen. Yeah. We, have just, we just destroyed cards after cards. I mean, I think I did it with you there at least 100 times. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> and um, you know, it was great because I could kind of, kind of always come up with little things that fit me and and I could always, it was great to have Blake there because I could ask him a question. Hey, why does this happen to me? Why does this happen? What, did, what happens when this happens? So uh, it, his, is, his is really a different thought process than most. I mean, it's, some people have gone down this road before, but not, not the way he did. He really nailed it. Thank you, Chris. Um, and and uh, well, trying to wrap this up here because I know Chris has to go and we want to wrap up the podcast in general. There's a question from Duffman22. Uh, does anybody have a name? Uh, I think that actually is maybe it's his real name, Duffman. Okay. Maybe his name is Herman Duffman. You know. Herman Duffman, twenty-two. He's twenty-two years old. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty-two years Duffman. old, and he's in. Uh, yeah, that could be it. So they're uh, saying, "Hey guys, if 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 you have a great idea but no method, how would you find a way to make that a method? How would you find a, how would you find a way?" Kalen, that's bring- Kalen's the man to answer this question. Hmm. I think Chris, just uh, while Kalen's thinking here, this this reminded me of being in your kitchen and you had accomplished some method to a plot that you thought of 25 years ago. So if I was to answer this on Chris's behalf, my answer would be don't give up on the plot. Oh, never, ever give up. If you ever have an idea for an effect, eventually it'll come It'll come to you. 20 yeah. years later, yeah. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, always write down all of your ideas. And that's the main thing because I've revisited a lot of ideas, and um, you know, you you just never know when that uh, when it's gonna hit you. You know, when you may be working on it. I found that that definitely when I uh, when I take um, when I take uh, even if it's not a long amount of time, but if you if you're struggling with like a method or something, and you just set it down for like a couple days, you know, and then revisit it with just a new process of thinking, because lots of times when you're creating something, you get on this process, 
of just it's like a one lane thing where you just we're just on this process and to kind of switch your process like in the middle it can be hard so just you know setting it down and coming back to it for even a small amount of time or even a large amount of time always helps to um kind of create a different type of method for me well i do you did say one thing that i think is super super important is is write down you know an idea write your ideas down because that's what i did you know years ago is i used to write down an idea every single day you know kayla takes it to the level of creating the trick and making it trick but you know once if you every single thing that i've done in my show and in my act that i've performed and a lot of things that i've done worked on for david have all come from my notes so keep your notes uh, i gotta go so all right well, i will yeah let, let's uh let's call this a podcast so thank you to chris for uh for chiming in here being our little special guest and to blake and to kaylin we'll be posting much more in the coming weeks and you'll see uh what's been coming out of their head so thank you guys See ya. See you guys. See you guys. Uh, there.